You're listening to the B-Side Podcast on Brick Radio. If you like what you hear or think there's an artist or band we should have in the studio, let us know in the comments. Otherwise, sit back, relax, tune in, and turn on. She has sung alongside some of music's most respected names. And tonight, Shelly Nicole and her musical collective, Black Bush, have come here to guide us into a realm of renewal that's full of self-love, self-care, and self-determination. This is B-Side, and I'm your host, T.I.S. Smart Young. And we're going to get right into it. Two, one, two, three, Shelly Nicole and Black Bush. Before you introduce the band, please tell me about my new girl anthem. Everybody's anthem in here, okay? <laughs> tell me about what inspired that song. Yeah, um, I wrote that song a while ago, but really for all of my friends, all of my black girlfriends. For me, friends. okay. For you, yes, because you're my friend and you're my black girlfriend. But yeah, we I know so many like awesome musicians, actors, sing everybody who's just out here on the hustle. And I was just like, you know, we just need a break. And that was really just what it came from. Just looking around and seeing all the wonderful work that me and my friends are doing and just feeling like we need a little shine. Okay, but what about that line, don't be intimidated? Are they intimidated? Are they scared of us? Yeah, are they scared of our magic? absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that uh, the sisters get a bit of a bad rap, right? We get a little bit of a... You know, when we walk in the room, people sort of be like, uh-oh, what's going to happen? So people <laughs> people do get a little intimidated, but, you know, I mean, you should be, but don't be. Okay. <laughs> I, I like that. <laughs> I'm going to steal you know. that. <laughs> so introduce me to the band. Yes. Uh, my brother, my brother, my brother has been with me. My brother, Sean Banks on percussion. <laughs> and my brother, Dave Pilgrim, he's sitting in with us tonight. Um, but I love, love him, Dave Pilgrim on bass. And Matsu, my brother Matsu, who I always say, yeah, we've met like just down the street when I played at BAM. Like, I can't even believe it's almost been like 10 years now. Crazy. But Matsu on drums. And you know, my first baby daddy. <laughs> who that is? That's my musical baby daddy, number one. I got about four. But since he's number one, you know, he can like check out the rest. You know how that goes. Anyway, <laughs> Jerome Jordan, you know how it goes. Jerome Jordan on guitar. You know, like the first wife always gets, you know what I'm saying. And my brother, Leon Grunbaum on keys. And that's my brother from Burt Sugar. So I'm so excited to have Leon with us on keys tonight. So Leon Grunbaum on keys. And of course, the man, the myth, the legend, the dark man, the only man, the superman, V. Jeffrey Smith on saxophone. Okay. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, welcome. Okay, so set us up 
for the next song. What are we about to hear? So the, the next song almost is kind of in the same vein as the first song. The next song is Box. And the reason that that came about was because I also know a lot of sisters that are not doing what they think sisters should do. So like my friend Tamar Kali, she does punk rock. You know what I mean? And so that's not in the box that okay. they think that black women are going to do. So I wrote this song called Box about taking us out of the box, uh, taking me out of the box. And then also, um, yeah, Punani Politics. My favorite. Punani Politics, which is what we'll do after. And, um, All right. Hmm. OK. Yeah, Punani Politics. Will, That's going to speak we will, for You will have time to get into that okay. with me after the break. So okay. let's hear Box. OK, awesome. You can only things one way and you want me to do it your way my <laughs> so before we were getting ready to talk about it, but now was there a specific piece of legislation, a news story that yeah. pissed you off that said, you know what? Yeah, it was two things. It was um, when Rush Limbaugh had called this young woman a slut. Uh, she was a Georgetown law student, I believe, okay. and she was um, advocating for the Georgetown um, healthcare system for the students to cover uh, birth control. Mm -hmm. And so she was doing that, you know, just. You know, exercising her rights. Right. And he calls her slut on his show. That was first. And then it was the big one, really, was I think Senator Todd Aiken. I don't think he's a senator anymore, Congressman, whatever, whatever for him. But he <laughs> Bye. Um, was talking about legitimate rape. Okay. And saying I that, that story. yeah, and oh. saying that if, if, if a woman, I guess, is assaulted, well, I don't know. I don't even know how he's putting it. But if, if you have sex with a woman and she doesn't get pregnant, you know, then it wasn't, a, it wasn't legitimate rape, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. But I was like, all right. So then I was like, okay, here we go. Time to write about these Punani politics. Okay, yeah. thank you Because I that. feel like, yeah, I just feel like all the time when things start to go a little haywire in government, like when they don't have a footing, then they start to look at like, well, what can we do to these women? Right. And how can we sh shift this narrative so they'll talk about, you know, people will talk about that and not really what's happening over here. You know, a little, little wag the dog a little bit. No, we appreciate that because I think you've said in, your, in all of the lyrics of that song <laughs> what we talk about as girlfriends right. in conversation. Yeah. Great nation, ain't gonna. 
gonna put me back on the plantation? No! Stop playing politics with my punani! And now with um, putting you in a box, because we're scared to do that. Because <laughs> we see what happens. Now, I know having a rock soul, uh, funk influence, and that mean you don't may not fit that picture of what people are thinking. What has been the response, or, or what have you seen? How have people responded to you? You know, actually, the response to me has been great. Okay. Like I haven't necessarily like run into people, at least not yet, <laughs> who are sort of like I don't know. But I. But what what does happen to me is that when I tell people that I'm a singer, the first thing they always say to me is, "Oh, you sing jazz." And I'm like, mm, I mean, I can sing jazz. <laughs> I have sung jazz, but that's not, you know, my, my main thing. But they go there or they just go, oh, you know, R&B. Oh, so who do you sound like? You, you like, what do you do, like Mary J. Blige? I'm like, no, I'm not really doing that. But love Mary, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it's kind of like just where people go immediately. And then, yeah, I get a little a few cracked faces sometimes when I start the show. Like, that's what's going to happen? Okay. Yeah, so. But I'm, I'm, I'm good with that, you know. Do you like surprising people? Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm a theater girl, so. Surprise. I was born here, bled and died here, sacrificed here so we could be free. Try to disrespect me, demonize, disgrace me. Take a second look, see, the truth is right here. Curse and disregard me, but like the phoenix, I keep on rising. I want to take it back a little bit because you grew up singing in the church. So talk to us a little bit about that because I want to know how does someone who grew up singing in the church, in the choir, end up <laughs> singing the music that you sing? Yes, I sang in church, but I also was a black girl who grew up in the suburbs of, of Boston. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of rock and roll around. You know, I grew up in a, in a household of jazz and classical. I grew up in a, you know, I have friends, you know, who listen to, uh, you know, Van Halen and uh, the police and the who and all those kind of things. So I got like a real mashup of music. It wasn't just music on Sunday. And I didn't come from like a strict religious household. So it wasn't like Marvin Gaye wasn't rolling in the crib, right. <laughs> you know, right next to Mahalia. You know what I'm saying? So there was, you know, lots of music that was in the household. But how did you end up finding your voice? I mean, like I said, I was a theater girl. Like, you know, sometimes it still surprises me that singing is sort of in the forefront of my life because I was really a theater girl. So um, I think I've, I've done so many different kind of things. Like I've done musicals and all kind of things. But when I came to New York, I uh, had the pleasure, the honor of falling into a community of people that were black rockers. You know, like they were just, you know, Sean knows, like we, it was just a whole community of folks. Like I just walk in the door and it's like, oh shoot, y'all doing this? And um, that's kind of where I landed. And when I started singing here in New York, I was singing with people who were rocking. So like I mentioned Tamar Kali, um, I sang with a, a woman named Remy Lekou. I um, sang with a woman named Elon Robin Dixon and everybody was really different and not in a box at all. So that was my real training ground in terms of sort of finding my way and what I wanted to do 
you know, to that day I rolled up on Jerome and was like, hey, I think I got a song. Did you feel like when you arrived in New York that you automatically found your people or did you have your, kind of like your people when you were in Massachusetts and then this was just like another great part of it? Oh no, I, you know, I, I was born and raised in Massachusetts but I grew up in New York. Okay. Like, New York is where I found my tribe, tribe of people. And coming here, you know, I had no idea what I was gonna find here. I mean, I came here uh, on an internship at Vibe Magazine. Yes, so, yes, that too. Yeah, <laughs> and, and from that internship is where I got my first singing gig, because the woman who was the temp secretary, we just started, struck up a conversation. She said she had a band, and she said, well, come sing with me. I was like, well, you don't even know I can sing. She said, you said you can sing. <laughs> <laughs> You better not yeah, disappoint right, me. Right, exactly, right? So, you know, she trusted me and it went on from there. And then I just, you know, I met Greg Tate, um, who was one of the founders of Black Rock Coalition. He was the first, my first professional interview as a journalist. I interviewed Greg Tate. And then, you know, I always say he turned me out, meaning like he took me, he took me to Tramps and took me to CBGBs and all these other places. And that's where I was like, oh, who are these black people? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Were you at all intimidated about coming to New York? Were you worried because? Oh, no, I wanted to be here from like forever. I wanted to go to college here, okay. but you know, I didn't get NYU, into, into yes. my school of choice. Let's talk about that a little bit, <laughs> NYU. <laughs> yes, I wanted to go to NYU. They didn't let a girl in. But it's okay, because sometimes I think if I'd have been here at that time, I might not be here today. Um. Right, right, right. Everything happens in divine order, right? Exactly. So I ended up at Ohio State, but I, um, yeah, go Bucks. But we, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I always wanted to come to New York. So as soon as I was given that, you know, opportunity to have that internship here in New York, I was like, oh yeah, I'm on my way. And you know, it wasn't paying, you know. So I came and I worked at Tower Records and, um, yeah, Tower Records. Records, rest in peace, right? <laughs> Tower Records in Lincoln Square, Lincoln Center. Come on, man. Good times. Yeah. Wait, what was the name of the sister's band? The, uh, the, the original band that I sang in? From, um, what you call it, that you met at Vibe. Oh, well, her she just went by Elon. Okay. Yeah, uh, sometimes her band was called Olio. Sometimes she was just Robin Dixon. It just, you know, okay. depends on where you are at the moment. But yeah, her name was Robin Dixon, Elon Robin Dixon. Okay, and what did you learn by performing? Because I'm assuming that that was like, you had a schedule, like here's some shows, and I'm going to have to rehearse and get prepared. And how did you feel about that? You know what, New I don't know if New York is really like that on the underground. Like, I don't know if okay. people have strings of shows. <laughs> Okay. She's like, we have a show. Put <laughs> okay. yourself together. So yeah, I mean, she used to live on, uh, you know, 14th Street and was like in a five floor walk up and, you know, real old school tenement style, railroad apartment. And, uh, you know, it, it, was, it was a great training ground. Like I just never, I never really imagined. I had no idea really what coming to New York was gonna be. I just knew that I wanted to be here. Okay. And I just knew, you know, Vibe had given me the opportunity and, and Tower Records gave me the opportunity to be here. I just soaked up everything. Like anytime somebody was like, yeah, Shelly, you know, come sing with me, come do this. I'm like, yep, I did it. And those three women, Robin, Tamar, Remy, they're in my heart forever. Cause really they were my training ground. And being, okay. able, to, being able to see them front their bands, you know, have all these men playing behind them and really command. And I'm like, oh, okay. And that was, that's priceless, really, yeah.
think that might be a favorite in here. Um, we got the whole world in your view. Okay, so let's take me back to the inspiration behind that. Yeah, um, so I'm a, I'm a pseudo-Buddhist. Okay. And uh, <laughs> Thank you for telling us, I didn't know that. <laughs> what that means is, you know, like, I can't like give you a whole bunch of whole bunch of Buddha, but I got a little bit of Buddha. Okay. So, um, but I meditate all a lot every day, <laughs> and um, uh, I go to uh, I, I'm a, in, in a sangha in a, a meditation community. So one of the things that the Buddha does say, and it's paraphrased, of course, is that as long as you have breath, you have a chance to do it again. Mm. So sometimes we think you know we've made all kind of mistakes and. We can't start all over again. We've done, you know, we've done whatever we're going to do with our life. But the real deal is that if you wake up, okay. you can start over. So that's why the song starts with every moment is a chance to do it all again. Because every moment is a chance it to do is. it all again. Each day. As soon as you walk out this door, you can start all over again. Right. You don't have to wait until you get up in the morning to how, do it all again. How did you get into Buddhism? Pseudo-Buddhism. Pseudo-Buddhism. Did living in New York do that to you? No, life did that to me. I had a, um, I had an experience where I was, you know, at a point, you know, you, you reach kind of that point of like, I have to do something different or I'm not going to make it, you know? So I ran into a friend who had went on a People of Color silent retreat. It was a three-day silent retreat. And I had never done anything like that in my life. Wait, so no speaking for No speaking for three days. days. Yes. Fabulous. I would have never made it. Okay. <laughs> you know, the thing is, it's easy to close your mouth. It's hard to close your mind. Okay. And that's where people start to like be like, oh my goodness, you know. But at that moment in my life, I needed three days of silence. I, I needed it. And so she told me about it, and it was free, you know. And, and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go give it a shot. So that was like my first, I mean, I kind of went in kind of hard, right? That's like a first introduction uh, to meditation. Say, like, you're going to sit like, for three days. That's not like a, Day yeah. one, no, you just went all the way to I day did. 25. I did, I went to day 25. But you know, you have moments. You have that sometimes those things in your life and it's like you, you either need to make a hard turn or you're not gonna come back. Okay. So um, that was my hard turn. And, and uh, it, was, it was a real turning point in my life. Funny enough, because we're silent, but before we went silent, I met some folks that like turned out to be in my life for the rest of my life. But yeah, that's, that's how I started meditating. And did that being quiet, did that help you creatively? Or how did it help you creatively? I think being quiet just helped me to find compassion. Like it helped me to find compassion for people. It helped me to be able to more easily, you know, step into somebody else's shoes to look at and not just quickly be like, oh, this person, just write them off. Okay. But just kind of rethink and be like, okay, what, why, this person is acting this way for a reason. And what is that reason? And it probably has nothing to do with me. But it takes time. Like, it's not like, you know, my three days in and I came out like, whoa, no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and it's still a practice. It's still a practice. It's still a practice that I do every day. It's, and it still gets me through. So, okay. yeah. And, 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 and we appreciate that. And we, Thank you. I, I think it, it definitely influences the music because tell me if you have more clarity now. Yes? Yeah, I mean, I think... I don't know if it's clarity so much as, or direction, just like sort of think another way of thinking about things and how to put that into music and keep it funky. Okay. <laughs> At the same time, you know what I mean? I think that's important. I used to always say to myself, like when I would go sit at my people of color sits and I'd be like, this is really nice, but we need some music to go with this. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's what I'm here for. Now tell me a little bit, does your family, are they into your music and 
are they okay with Panani politics? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I come from a very politically active family, so I come from folks that were like civil rights movement people, black power movement people. Okay. So yeah, they're 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 easy with it. And like I said, or I have said, I'm a unicorn. I'm the unicorn of the family, so they know. I'm not coming out with anything that's going to be too straight down the middle. <laughs> they know better than that by now. For your album, um, I Am American, you linked up with the legendary Vernon Reed of yeah. In Living Color. Yeah. How did you make that happen? Um, well, okay. I, know, I had known Vernon for a, a little bit before that, and Vernon actually, as I was saying about Leon at the top, we were in a band, actually me, Jeff, and Leon are in a band called Burnt Sugar together. And um, Vernon had come and uh, conducted a show of Steely Dan music that the band did that we eventually took to Paris um, to play at a festival out there. And um, I was so sick, like I was sick as a dog going to Paris on that trip. And I was just praying like, girl, just get, you know, get to the show, do the best you can. But something happened, I mean, we got through the show and after the show, like right following, he just came, you know, just like came up right next to me walking down the hallway and he was like, you're next. Like, what does that to mean? do what? Right, exactly. And he said to conduct this band. You know, so later on when I was looking for a producer, I just remembered that moment. And I was just like, you know, maybe I should ask Vernon because clearly he saw something in me in that moment when I wasn't thinking I was feeling or doing right, my doing best. Right, doing your best. Right. So I called and I had my, you know, scroll ready of reasons like, I want you to do this, but here's why. But I just asked him and he was like, yeah, I'm going to do it and here's why. Like, he told me why. Okay. So, I just knew that that was a, a real serendipitous moment. Yeah, it sometimes... What, what was his reason? Why did he say, and here's why? Here's why I'm going to do it for you. Here's what I see in you. You know, <laughs> I'm trying to really remember because I think I sort of like blanked out. You know, when people say yes, <laughs> you're like, what? But, um, I mean, I, I will say things that he has said to me since. Which, okay, um, that'll work. One thing that he talked about, which I thought was interesting, was my sense of rhythm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was like, that's an interesting thing to, to note. But I think that was one of the reasons why he thought I could conduct Burnt Sugar. Um, you know, he just talked about, you know, my presence, like my stage presence and performance, um, you know, songwriting and vocal ability. And I think, you know, we were, we were cool. And so, for those of you who don't know, if you're gonna have somebody produce you, Production, like your producer, is a real intimate experience. Like okay. you have to like that person. Because if you don't, it can go sideways real fast. Right. It's like a right? marriage, huh? it, Yeah, exactly. And so I respected him and he respected me. And I think that made for an easy work experience. And he, um, you know, and I let him do his job. You know, the, my first two records I co-produced with, with folks, but I had my hand like really on. Okay. So I said, if I'm gonna have Vernon Reed produce the record, I'm just, you I'm gonna let him do back it. a little bit. Yeah, and okay. not that I didn't have any say, and not that he didn't give me any say, but I also let him have his creativity and use his imagination and for what he heard for the music, because we've been doing these songs for a long time. You feel like you're going crazy, body broken, battered, so you think, baby. Worth the living, too much working, the forgiving. When you recognize your own. Well, thank you, Shelly. Nicole's Blackbush for musically affirming our sense of self. Be sure to pick up our single, Panani Politics, 
wherever you buy or stream music. And look out for her new album, I Am American, coming out this summer. You can also keep up with Shelly Nicole's Blackbush on Instagram at Blackbush and Team Blackbush. I'm Tia Smart Young, and I hope you guys had a really good time tonight. I know you did. Be sure to stop by our Brick House studio every Thursday to hear more of the best music that Brooklyn has to offer. You can also check out tonight's installment and past episodes anytime at youtube.com slash bricktv or check out this episode of the Brick Radio Podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts. Okay, Shelly Nicole, Black Bush, take us out of here with one more song. The B-Side Podcast is produced by Charlie Hoxie, Keisha Cole, Will Johnson, and Sasha Mathias. Recorded by Onel Millet and edited by Emily Bedoji. For more information on B-Side and all Brick Radio podcasts, visit brickartsmedia.org slash radio. You get up, you get up, you get up.